the Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Jim? Jimmy? Hey, Knothead, I'm talking to you. James, there are dishes in here that need that personal touch only you can give them. What? You heard me front and center. Come on now. Susie Homemaker needs a relief pitcher. Jim, what are you doing? Huh? Oh, I'm uh, packing my things. I can see that, but why? You hate drying dishes that much? Son, listen to me when I'm talking to you. Not now, Mother. Hey, who do you... Jimmy, are you all right? Let me feel your brow. You got a pretty nasty crack on the head the other day. I know the doctor said you'd be fine in a day or two, but I'm beginning to wonder. I'm okay, really. Nobody gets a fastball alongside the head and comes out fine. Come on, why don't you just stop all this and lie down for a while? No. What's the matter with you? I'm done with baseball now. I'm going away. What are you talking about? The stars. I'm going to the stars. What? The stars. With my captain. There's a fine line, we're told, between sanity and insanity. And perhaps, perhaps you and I have at times passed over that line, perhaps not. But if there is a line to be crossed over, what happens? What really happens to those who do not return? Where do they go? Tonight, we take a look at a family that knows what insanity is. What's interesting about this particular family, however, is that only one member of it knows what it can really accomplish. I'll be back with tonight's tale of crisis, written by Neil Reese, titled, The Captain. And now, The Captain. All right, young man. Let's just take a seat here and iron out a few bumps, shall we? Now, what's all this about... What's with the stars? Is this quite necessary? Do I sound like I'm in the mood for a joke? I haven't the time, ma'am. Well, find it. I... Ma'am? You've never called me that before. It's in preparation. Jimmy, are you sure you're all right? I mean, you're not sounding like yourself at all. Madam, you tax me beyond endurance. Jimmy, what are you... Out! There's so little time left, and I'm not even sure my coordinates are being received. Your what? My coordinates. Jimmy, let go of my arms. You're hurting me. Shut up, woman, uh... and listen. You are listening, aren't you? Well, yes, but... Jim, let me go. Fine. Then sit. Oh, my word. You're really... What is happening? There are quadrants. Millions of kilometers of space out there. And this... This is my only link with the captain and his crew. That? What is it? Don't worry. It's not a weapon. This one is, however. It's called a phaser. Would you like to see how it works? No. No, don't, please. But my communicator... This is what is of real interest. This small device, now open, is sending out a signal that will allow the starship to lock onto my coordinates and beam me up, take me away, with the captain. Oh, Jim, I don't Sit think... Sit down! Oh. Now, before I leave, I want to make a few things clear to you. First of all, I want no interference, not from you, not from anybody. Is that understood? I hear you. Next. I want you to know that I'll not be coming back to this house, what? to this planet. Jim! No, I'm... not even to this little speck of dust. 
So you need not search for me because I'll be gone like few have gone before. Why? Why do you want to leave us, son? Quiet. I leave for... tomorrow. Tomorrow? For things I've never seen. Feelings I've never felt. Galaxies. Systems. Societies. My five-year mission will be followed by another, and still another. You really want to go to leave us, don't you? Affirmative. I don't understand any of this. You need not. It doesn't concern you. How can you say that? I'm your mother. I say it because it's true. I'm the one who's leaving, not you. Is there nothing you'll hear, nothing I can say, so you'll know how much we care? We love you. Yes. There is something you can say. What then? Tell me and I'll say it. I will. Say goodbye. Son, you're my baby. I cared for you when... And your father, he can't get... Out, now. Get out of here before I use this on you. The captain arrives soon and I must... Out! Didn't you hear me? Outside. Leave my quarters immediately. going to do? The phone. The phone. I can't even remember the number. Come on, Amy, rise and shine. Your baby's in trouble. Quite so. Aerodynamics. Thank God you're in. Amy? Can you please come home right away? Now? What's the matter, huh? I don't, I don't really know. It's Jimmy. He's Hey, you guys. Knock it off. I can't hear a thing. Babe, what's this about Jimmy? please. Just come home. Now. Right now. I don't know what to do. Please come help. Tom? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'll be home as soon as I can. Just a... Have you called the police or anything? Should I call no, them? No, no. Just come home. Okay, fast. Okay. okay, I'll be there as soon as I can. You just, just stay there. I'm leaving now. What is it, Tom? Uh, listen, Pax, tell the boss I'm going out. I'll be back uh, uh, whenever I can, okay? Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Is there anything I can do? No, 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 there isn't. Uh, I've got to go. I'll call you later if I can, all right? All right. What's going on, huh? I don't know. It just seemed to happen so fast. Oh, what happened? What about Jim? I, I don't even know how to tell you about okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Just sit down and, and tell me what happened. Well, you know how strange he's been acting since that baseball accident. Jimmy? I haven't noticed anything strange. What do you mean? Oh, you know, all that TV business, that starship, and the beaming up, and all the rest of that stuff. And you know that stupid handgun he's got that's supposed to stun people? Now, wait a minute, Amy. He's been hooked on that show for over a year now. It's got nothing to do with his being hit on the head with a baseball. And as for collecting those model toys and gadgets, well, half the kids in the neighborhood have the same things. It's all the rage. But he you threatened know that. me with it today. He threatened what? me. He pointed that gun at me and threatened me with it. Now, hold the phone. You mean to tell me that you called me up at the office, had me drive home in a dead heat just to inform me that our boy threatened you with a plastic laser gun? Tom, I'm serious. Well, I'm a roebuck. What? Listen, I told you before, we're knee-deep at Flightco right now with this new radar system. There's some weird things going on in the stratosphere these days, and the government's really pushing us hard. So? So I don't need this from you. Now, you wait a minute. 
I don't know what you think I do around here all day, but if you think for one second things are so slow that hey, I have to hey, call you up hey, and hey, make hey, up hey, stories... I, to... I, I know, I know, hon, I know. It's my nerves these days. I am sorry, really. Okay. But, Tom, if you could have seen his face, I'm telling you, according to his eyes... The way he looked at me with that gun in his hand, I wouldn't have bet a penny that gun didn't actually shoot. He's in his bedroom now? Yes. He just sits on his bed and stares. Look, look. You just sit tight for a minute, and, and, and I'll go up and talk to him, okay? All right. But be careful, Tom. He's really not himself anymore. I'll be back in a minute. Son, there's, there's not much light in here. Uh, you mind if I turn the light on? Please do. You mind if I sit down? No. You know, lad, you've given your mother quite a fright. I didn't mean to scare her. She's a fine woman. That she is. And she certainly deserves better treatment than... What's this baggage for? It should be obvious. Watch your mouth. You know how I feel about complete answers, so what's going on? I want to know. The captain arrives at 1,700 hours. I have to be ready to leave. You don't say. And who, pray tell, is the captain? You know who the captain is. The one from the TV show. Affirmative. All right, clown. Off your button on your horse. I think it's about time you apologize to your mother. She's not that taking woman this... That woman is not my mother. Come again? In order to qualify for the trip, one must have no living relatives. And when I arrive on board the... Mister, I, it's 15 minutes to five, and the only thing that's going to happen to you between then and now is the seat of your pants is going to receive some individual attention from yours truly. Do I make myself clear? I wouldn't do that if I were you. Well, you're not me, are you? As a matter of fact, you're not even you. What's that? Protection. A phaser set for stun. <laughs> the infamous plastic laser gun, and just... What exactly does it do? Melt belt buckles? This is no joke. Neither is the belt that's attached to the belt buckle. Son, it's been a long time since I've had to turn you over my knee, but I can assure you that reason has not completely left this house, and before you the You made is... your point. Now leave the room before I have to use this. Jim, that's nothing but a plastic toy you have there. Don't you know that, don't you? If that's what you think, fine. I'll tell you what I think, smart mouth. I think you're really sick. Just leave the room. All right, okay. But I'll tell you something. If I hear one peep out of this room before I come back, you and me are going round and round. You copy that, spaceman? Fine. Tom, did you see how he is? Yes, I saw. Listen, where's that black notebook with the phone numbers in it? In, under the phone. Who are you calling? First the doctor, then Paxton at Flight Co. The psychologist? Yeah. Maybe he'll come over here. He's really sick, isn't he? Jimmy's really sick. Well, I'm afraid so, Amy. I don't know what else to say. We need help right now. Tom and Amy have called for Dan Paxton, a friend of Tom's who works at FlightCo in the Stress Analysis Department. He's the company's chief psychologist. They've known him for years, and like many families will do in times of trouble, they turn to someone who's close, someone who's an old... Friend, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you this much. You need more help than I brought with me in the Plymouth. What did you bring? <laughs> Just myself, pretty lady. Uh, 
Look, have you have you given much thought to the possibility that Jim's putting us on? What do you mean? Well, look, it's 5.30 now, and this so-called captain of his never showed up, right? Yes. Well, there you are. When I was in there talking to him, I reminded him that zero hour had come and gone, and there wasn't so much as a, a moonbeam in the neighborhood. And he didn't bat an eye. Why would he want to play a trick like that on us? We're his parents. Good point. And a rather obvious clue to this joke of his. You remember he denies that you two, both of you now, have any relationship to him at all. So? Tom, that simply means that you're being punished for something. And this, uh, this starship TV show business is uh, the vehicle for revenge, so to speak. Well, I'm really not following you, Pax. It just doesn't make any sense. We haven't done anything to be punished for. Well, it, it doesn't really make that much difference. He knows what he's mad about, and that's all that counts. Pax, I've known that boy almost every minute of his life. I've seen him win and lose. I've seen him heartsick. And I'm telling you that Jimmy really believes that captain will come and take him away from us. And not only that, but he's actually looking forward to it. Now, we can sit here all night and think up reasons for the captain and his starship. But as for me, I think we're going to lose our baby, with or without the captain. Amy, I know what you're saying, but I just don't think you're right. I wish that doctor could have been of more help. No, he said Jim's lump on the head was just that, and I'm sure he's right. This thing's in Jim's head, and it's all his to control. So what are we going to do, sit around here all night? There's a kid in there that's turning into something I've never met before. Have you noticed his voice for crying out loud? His eyes, that cold stare of his could pierce concrete. Oh, now take it easy, Tom. His physical appearance hasn't changed one iota. That uh, deeper voice and, and concentrated look is just, well, it's just due to his serious mood. There's nothing vaguely resembling a monster in that bedroom. All you've got on your hands is a 16-year-old with one hell of an imagination. An imagination, I guess. Did, did I tell you he threatened, aimed that ridiculous plastic toy at both of us? And he's got this, this plastic walkie-talkie doodad to converse with the heavens, no doubt. I just don't believe it. Oh, you it. mean the communicator? Yeah, that's what, that's what he calls it. How do you do know? <laughs> You're asking the father of four kids and two TVs? You can make fun of it if you want to. But it was frightening. Pax, why don't you go in there and talk to him again? If you think he needs help, then tell us for sure. We've got to quit wasting time. Well, that's fine with me, but uh, let's just remember that I'm a long way from Freud, okay? Just see him. Just tell us what you think, Pax. Please. Fair enough. Jim? It's Dan Paxton again. Can I come in? You know, it's not right to put all this on Pax's shoulders. We should be in there with him. We'll go, we'll go in in a minute. Let's let Pax talk to him for a while. He knows what he's doing. You uh, don't mind if I uh, turn this light on, do you? No, sir. Oh, that, uh, that uniform uh, fits you well. Yes, it does. I like it. Where'd you get it? The captain. Oh, I uh, see you've got a uh, communicator. Looks like it's open. Is it on? It's open so that they know my position, my coordinates for beaming up. I see. Do you, do you mind if I sit down? No, but I don't have much time left. You'll have to go soon. Look, I know it's a worn subject, but doesn't it bother you that this uh, captain of yours uh, doesn't keep his appointments? No. 
He'll be here. He'll be here. What makes you so sure? Because he told me he would. Uh, you've talked to him personally? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I've talked to his chief engineer. He's the one who told me how to build the phaser. The, uh, the plastic gun? It's not plastic, I can assure you. And the communicator, where did it come from? It was beamed down to me over a week ago. Can I see it? Do you mind? Well, I suppose, for a minute. Well, so where's your captain? You're obviously ready to go. You, you've got your phaser, communicator, and kip. All dressed up and uh, nowhere to go, huh? Don't forget now. I've still got my phaser. I can make you leave, you know. How do you know it really works? Have you tried it out? No, but I know it works. Just don't make me use it. Do tell. Are you here to make fun of me? No. To try and stop me? No. What are you doing here, then? I'm going with you. What? I'm going to go with you. How do you figure that? Listen. Allardyce? Pax Univar. What? You heard me. But, but, but that's... That's the captain's identity code to me. Affirmative, Ensign. But, but you don't look anything like the captain on TV. And you don't sound anything like him, either. That, James, is because I'm not the captain you see on your television. But everything else. The, the phaser, the communicator, they're exact duplicates of those used in the show. I know. That wasn't really difficult to accomplish. And it was hardly much of a price to pay to acquire the people we need for our purposes. People? People. People like yourself. Gullible, willing to believe that fiction can become a known reality. Willing to think that a television program or anything else made interesting or attractive to you but, is enough to invest your life in. I, I don't understand. Why me? Why not somebody else? Because you were available and close by. Thanks to FlightGo and your father. Are, are you everywhere? All over the world? Oh, no. Though it took years to set up, America was the perfect place for us. We couldn't have hoped for better subjects. You see, James, you Americans are an unbeatable combination. You collectively have the intelligence capable of space exploration on the one hand, and then a ridiculous and colossal belief in fantasy. I believe the phrase is fairy tales. What are you going to do with me? Just what we said we'd do. Take you to the stars. All right, mister. Whoever you are, I'm getting out of here. So, so you just stay where you are. Put the toy down, Jim. What, what do you mean, Toy. Come on, now, you don't seriously think I'd let an idiot like you actually have a weapon, do you? It, it really doesn't work. Of course not. I, I suppose the communicator is just a toy, too? Oh, no. It's been open to the ship all this time, in fact. It's in fine working order. I, I, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Engineer, this is the captain. Hi, Captain. Two to beam up. No. No, I, I won't go. Mom... Daddy, help me, please help me. Once again, the limits of the mind are stretched to the ends of reality, to the ends of the universe, if you will. Of course, the mind has had many labels. It's been called everything from gray matter to the conscience to the place where we live when we sleep. The mind of humankind has been capable of historic atrocity and defection. It's been the source of theory and poetry, of imperfection and brilliance. But tonight, with the help of a young man and his captain, the mind has been a vehicle, a vehicle perhaps into space, the final frontier. 
I'll be back with a word about next week's crisis program and the names of tonight's players. Tonight, Crisis presented The Captain. In our cast were Mark Adler Corbell, Lee Posh, Ron McDonald, Paul Herlinger, and Bob Robertson. Script by Neil Reese, sound by Jeff Thompson, engineering by Carney Barton, produced at Audio Recording Incorporated. And now this is your director, Jim French, inviting you to be with us again next Thursday night for Crisis. <laughs>